From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Uh, not too long ago, I was talking with the former mayor of uh, one of our towns here in western Pennsylvania, and for some reason, the topic of mine subsidence came up, and I said to her, well, how, how much of your town is undermined? And she said, oh, about 90%. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Um, I have mine subsidence insurance. In fact, I just paid my premiums uh, a few weeks ago, but I'm wondering, this is sort of a persistent problem in western Pennsylvania, and I'm wondering how many people uh, are, are aware that they may be living over an old coal mine. Uh, should have played working in the coal mine this morning. Our guests this morning are Carl Messini. He's a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, Jason. Go, uh, also on the line with us is Lauren Fraley. She's a spokesperson with the uh, Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection in the Southwest region. Uh, good morning, Lauren. Good morning. So, uh, if, if first things first, uh, when we talk about this idea of um, mine subsidence, Carl, what what are we talking about? How many coal mines are there in in western Pennsylvania that uh, are, are are lurking beneath the surface, so to speak? Well, there, there's probably too many to even count. Okay. But, um, for the Mon Valley area, there's probably at least 400 coal mines, abandoned mines, and, and probably more than that that we don't, we're not sure of. So there's an extensive legacy of abandoned underground coal mining uh, that was done starting as far back as the 1700s. Probably the majority of the mining was in the latter 1800s to early 1900s, and then these mines were abandoned. Um, there's always the potential that these mines that were abandoned can collapse. So uh, yeah, there's quite quite a potential that that you could have subsidence issues out there. So that's why Pennsylvania, one of the things they've done uh, back in the 60s, came up with a mine subsidence insurance program to protect homeowners. So when when we're talking about these these coal mines, and I mean, there is still some active mining in, 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 in Pennsylvania, but when we talk about these coal mines, how deep are they? How, how, how far below the surface are they? It varies. It could be as little as, as 5 to 10 feet up to several hundred feet. Um, the coal seam itself, the main coal seam that was mined was called the Pittsburgh coal seam. Okay. And it's a relatively flat-lying, thick vein of coal, probably anywhere from 6 to 8 feet thick. So it, it rises slightly as you go north, um, from, from south to north in Pennsylvania. Um, but the topography, as you know, in Pennsylvania changes significantly. So depending on where you're at on the surface depends on the depth down to this coal seam if it, if it exists. And, and, and is there, if, if people are um, sort of envisioning the, 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 the topography as kind of like almost like a layer cake, right? Or like a, especially right. like a tiramisu where you have lots of different little thin layers. So it, what you're saying is the sort of the hills kind of cut through those layers, but the layers themselves kind of stay the same. That, that's correct. Okay. If, you, if you ever drive through a roadway cut, um, you, you could see that, that there's rock layers, and sometimes you might even see a coal seam that outcrops on, on the hillside. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about. We have a, somewhere down there, depending on where you're located, uh, it's likely that this Pittsburgh coal seam exists so that this vein is down there. Are you more likely to 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 have one of these old abandoned coal mines in, in an area that's hilly? So if you live up on a hill, are you more likely to have a coal mine underneath you, or is that a dumb question? No, it's not a dumb question. Actually, if you are up higher on a hill, especially if you're 
as opposed to say down along the river um, in the Mon Valley. There might, if you're right down along the river, there might be a chance you're not undermined because geologically this coal seam doesn't exist. But if you get up on the hill, as you indicate, more than likely this coal seam is going to exist below your your home or your structures. Carl Massini is a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection, uh, and also on the line with me is Lauren Fraley. She's a spokesperson for the Pennsylvania DEP, and we're talking about this problem, which um, uh, probably is never going to go away. Is that uh, an, an accurate statement, Carl? That's very accurate. Okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be living with this uh, uh, for, for all of our our lifetimes. Certainly, um, a legacy of uh, the industrial heritage of this area. Lauren, let me uh, ask you: Does DEP get a lot of calls from people who are concerned about coal mining, abandoned coal mining? I mean, yeah, it is one of the questions that we get frequently. Um, it's really just important that people know that this is a risk, and we encourage uh, homeowners to check out the website. There's maps online where they can look at their specific location to see if it's been undermined. Um, we encourage them to, to look at the rates. Uh, and often we will even, we'll do things like send mailings. We have done advertisements, uh, different ways to reach homeowners to make sure that they are aware of the risks. Um, and Carl I, I can talk a little bit more about the kind of response that we see, but but really we um, we encourage any and all homeowners to be aware of of this risk and to check to see how they may be affected, um, and encourage them to explore the the possibility of getting this insurance. Um, can you give us that uh, website address, please? Mm-hmm. It's a uh, www pamsi.org msi.org pamsi.org so that's easy enough to remember and i'm going to, the msi stands for mine subsidence insurance that's correct okay. and okay. they can also call us at 1-800-922-1678 monday through friday 8 a.m to 4 p.m okay uh, we're, we're talking about mine subsidence, and, and the, the reason this is kind of an evergreen topic. Uh, but you know, from time to time, you see in, in some of the towns around here, you kind of see a hole open up on the ground. And, and Carl Massini, um, what, what when we see that sort of hole open up on the ground, what does that mean? Well, it could be due to a mine subsidence issue. So um, we, our agency, we deal specifically with the insurance program, but we also have a sister agency called the Bureau of Abandoned Mine Reclamation. Okay. Uh, they're out of Evansburg. They're also a DEP office. So um, and this, just let me give you their number in case someone sees something on their property that's not specifically their home um, or an insured home, mm-hmm. and they want to have someone come out and take a look at it if they're concerned it could be mining-related. Uh, that number is 814-472-1800. Okay. And, and what they do is where we kind of deal with the insurance program, and insured structures, they can at least take a look at its structures that perhaps someone is concerned about movement. Um, but if it's not insured, uh, there's nothing they're going to be able to do to compensate you. They might do some drilling to stabilize the structure. They also investigate uh, what potentially could be sinkholes that open up where the mining is very shallow. We get that type of uh, okay. surface effect. So if you have anything like that on or around your property, give them a call. Again, 814-472-1800. And they, they would at least come out and take a look at things for you. But as Lauren emphasized, if you have, at a minimum, you want to insure your structure uh, because if, you, if your house is impacted by mine subsidence and you don't have the insurance, there's not going to be any means of compensation. Homeowners policies don't cover huh. uh, mine subsidence, or if, if, if they do, it's something you had to add, and there's very few 
private insurers that, that do add that. Okay. And it's probably much more expensive than, than what the state offers. You, 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 or Lauren mentioned that there are you can go online and, and look at maps and see if, if your house is undermined. How accurate are the maps, Carl? You said that some of this mining began as far back as the Revolutionary War period. It, I'd say they're fairly accurate in that where this Pittsburgh coal seam existed, to, to the greatest extent, it was mined. It was very, uh, was good quality coal, uh, was relatively accessible, especially in the early days. It outcropped on, on hillsides where they were able to access it and, and mine into the hills. So we, we tend to kind of cover wherever this seam existed. We basically uh, indicate that those are areas that, that are likely mined. So that's not to say that there might not be a few areas that, that aren't completely accurate, but we're, all, we're always updating whatever mapping we, we get and information that we have. Um, as Lauren indicated, if you go onto the website, PAMSI.org, uh, you can search your particular site by address. It kind of zooms in and lets you know whether or not you're undermined or not, which would also indicate that, that you need to get the insurance or not. Um, there's also some other website. I'll just throw another one out there that has more uh, detailed information if you're interested in the actual mind maps that we might have. We don't have maps for all areas, but mm-hmm. um, it's called, you might want to just search it. It's PA Mind Map Atlas if you want to Google that. But, okay. um, if the website is www.mindmaps.psu.edu. And we work in conjunction with some um, universities and colleges to, to gather maps, to digitize maps, get those maps scanned in, and then present those online um, both at our insurance website and the website I just give you at PA Mind Map Atlas. Okay. Uh, we have a, a quick break to take here. Um, when we come back, I want to ask you uh, a little bit more about the sort of the mechanics of how these things, how these mines kind of, uh, in, in my mind, I kind of have this picture of like a honeycomb almost uh, going underground, and, and also ask you um, a little bit about why then do these old tunnels start to collapse, okay? Sure. Okay. Carl Massini is a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. Also on the line with us from DEP is Lauren Fraley, and we're talking about mine subsidence and what you can do to protect yourself if you're a homeowner here in western Pennsylvania. We'll be right back in 30 seconds on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 88.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guests this morning are Carl Massini. He's a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection and Lauren Fraley. She's a spokesperson for the DEP. We're talking about mine subsidence. We're also going to be talking about mine subsidence insurance and how that can protect you if you are a property owner. You can find out more information about that by going to the website PAMSI.org. You can also call Monday through Friday during normal business hours 1-800-922-1600. Seven eight, and we'll give that number out and that website out again a couple of times during the program. Carl, before we took the break, I, I kind of was we were talking about these mines, which which you said earlier in the program go date back some of them to the Revolutionary War, and I guess some of them as recent as the World War II era. Correct. Correct. Okay. And the, 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 how deep is the coal seam at parts, or how, how how thick was it? I guess back in the day. 
it, it ranged from anywhere, generally speaking, between six to eight feet. It, it might be a little thinner in some areas or maybe slightly thicker in some areas, but that, that's the accepted uh, thickness of that seam. Okay. So in places, would there be one mine built on top of another mine or one tunnel dug on top of another tunnel? No. Each okay. seam is, is relatively at the same elevation above sea level. There might be a slight rise or dip in the coal over, over great distances. Okay. But this Pittsburgh coal seam would have been mined um, with various mines, but they're mining basically at the same level. Okay. Um, now, there's one other seam as you go into southern Allegheny County, um, and in the Penn Hills area, nor- northern Allegheny, I guess, um, there's a seam called the Upper Freeport Coal Seam. It's about 600 feet below the elevation of the Pittsburgh Coal Seam. So there was mo- some mining in that seam, too, and it was generally uh, around the same thickness as the Pittsburgh Coal Seam. But the main culprit or the one we have issues with um, or is the Pittsburgh Coal Seam. Okay. Um, how were these old-time mines? I think maybe people have seen movies or they've seen pictures. And, and coal mining, I think, is not done quite the same way. It's much more mechanized than it used to be. But back in the day, in the 19th or early 20th centuries, how were they digging these mines? Hand labor and timbers or what? Correct. Uh, the, the scene typically w- was relatively accessible. It, it tended to outcrop on, on hillsides, so they, they could actually just begin mining into the seam um, pick and shovel. They also blasted the coal, um, and, they, and they would set posts for support. They would leave pillars of coal in um, to support the roof of the mine as they were in there working. But then often what happened as the mine was kind of winding down, perhaps they only owned a certain amount of property um, in the coal seam, they, had, they would do second mining, we call retreat mining, where okay. they would mine um, additional coal or additionally at the pillars, and this would result in either subsidence at the time they were mining, but often very small pillars of coal left in place, maybe along with some posts, that years later we get this collapse um, that can propagate up to the surface and uh, cause a problem. And we get really two effects on the surface from subsidence. One is we call sinkhole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a more localized effect. Um, might be a hole into the mine, but an abrupt depression in a localized area. That tends to occur with 50 feet or less down to the, to the, to the mine. Okay. Once we get above that depth, um, and I've had some science issues up to 600 feet, um, huh. we get more of a subtle, we call it a trough-like effect, where um, there, there must, there's a broader collapse in the mine in order for it to propagate up through what's typically pretty competent material, but it does happen. We get a broad slumping of the ground, might, might catch six or seven homes, okay. for example, if, if they're built close enough. So. There's really no, I can't emphasize enough that there's not any safe distance above the mine where you don't need to worry about having subsidence. I, I know that's a, a fallacy that's out there, but okay. um, we can get subsidence with any depth down to the mine. That's a, I don't want to alarm people, but that's a, that's a, little, bit, um, that's a little bit scary. Uh, should, should pe- people should be concerned, but they shouldn't be terrified or alarmed. No, they, they shouldn't. Uh, you know, even in the, the, the shallower events, we haven't had people get injured. Okay. We could get significant damage. A corner of a home might drop two or three feet, and, and obviously there's a lot of damage. And, again, that's why you want to have the insurance. But even with the deeper cover, where the, the effects might be a little more subtle, we might get several inches of movement. When a house displaces out of level, it's not necessarily going to be a danger to the, the people in the home, but... That's a lot of damage to a home. When a house goes out of level, the footing foundation of a house is displaced. It basically needs to get rebuilt okay. in order to, to make that home um, you know, more habitable where, where you're not feel like you're walking up or downhill in the house 
So despite the depths, the damages can be significant. Uh, Carl Massini is a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. Also on the line with us is Lauren Fraley. She's a spokesperson for the DEP. We're talking about mine subsidence. We're also talking about mine subsidence insurance, and we're going to be talking uh, in just a couple of minutes about how you can obtain that and what that protects you from. But you can go to the website for more information, PA. MSI.org, or you can call them uh, during business hours, 1-800-922-1678. One thing that, I don't want this to be a, a, an outright commercial for, for you guys, but one thing that I think will surprise listeners when we talk about this in a couple minutes is that it costs a lot less than uh, you would think. It it's, it's, was even significantly cheaper than my homeowner's insurance, which uh, was was a very pleasant uh, surprise to me. Um, Carl, you know, what, what should people look for? Because I know when I had um, someone from DEP come out and look at my home, uh, you know, I was concerned because there were some cracks in the basement walls. And someone from DEP came out and looked at it and said, you're good, <laughs> basically. Those are the normal sort of Western Pennsylvania foundation cracks. Yes, you should have the insurance, but those are normal. What isn't normal? What is normal and what isn't normal for, for people if they're concerned? Yeah, the mine subsidence is going to impact the lowest portions of the structure first. So most of us have basements. So um, those are the areas that are first going to be impacted by mine subsidence because technically they're they're closest to the mine, if you will. So if the ground is displacing from mine up and it impacts the surface, mm-hmm. um, what's going to happen to, to the foundation of the house and the house itself? Um, the majority of the movement with, with mine subsidence is downward. Okay. Um, we see a lot of issues where walls might be pushed in or bowing. Um, but with subsidence, you're going to see a drop in the foundation, a drop in the basement floor. Um, there's going to be a pattern of displacement impacting that foundation. Again, depending on the depth down to the mine would, would indicate what area on the surface would be impacted. So if you go down into your basement one day and you're, you're, you, you notice that, that there's a sudden displacement in the floor, foundation walls, that would be reason for concern. And then if you had the insurance, uh, you'd want to give us a call. We, we administer the program. Uh, we investigate the claims. We have engineers who come out, um, so we're knowledgeable w- about subsidence. We're also, I mean, you know, the other advantage of having the insurance is if you have something going on with the house, um, you're not sure, it's no problem to give us a call. We'll come out and take a look at things for you, to- tell you whether or not you think it- we think it's subsidence-related. Um, if it's not, we've all looked at a lot of homes, so we might be able to give you some ideas about what could be causing the problem, and maybe even some ways to, to, to correct the problem if it's not a subsidence issue. I, I, was, I was told in this, I want to see if this is an old wives' tale or, or not, but I was told that um, if the cracks are kind of going between the blocks or between the bricks, that's probably the normal settling of the house. But if you kind of get the spider web of cracks where the bricks or the blocks themselves are tar- starting to crack, then that's an issue for concern. Is that accurate? I, I wouldn't say it's completely accurate. Okay. Um, you know, subsidence is a sudden surface okay. displacement. It's not something we're going to be able to start to see happen, and then all of a sudden, uh, you, you know, you, you decide, well, I'm going to go to insurance because something's going on. It's going to be a kind of an overnight thing. So oh, okay. it, it is sudden. The footing can displace significantly, and you might get more cracking through block instead of along the joints. But, okay. but I, I wouldn't consider that to be a, a foolproof Okay. Um, means to, to determine whether or not it's mine subsidence. But the, the sudden, when the cracks appear suddenly, that is that is a good sign. Yeah, that's definitely reason for concern. Okay. Um, in, in, you might want to look on our website. We, we have uh, a, a lot of photos of damaged homes, so those interested in, in at least looking at what might be subsidence issues could go to our website, PAMSI.org, um, okay. and take a look at the photos. That's kind of the opposite of house hunters, huh? If you want to look at those photos... 
that's the opposite of the houses you want to buy. No, I'm just joking. And if you apply for insurance, you know, if you have some concerns, you could apply. You, you know, we try to insure every house we can. We often do in pre-policy inspections of the mm-hmm. house, but um, we realize there's, there's other issues that cause damage with homes, so we're going to do our best to get a policy in place. If there's something actively going on with the home or it has significant existing damage, we might have to back away and not give you a policy. Mm-hmm until something is done, okay. uh, you do some repairs. Let's pause there because I want to ask about what, what, what I'm sure a lot of people who are worried about this or are thinking about this are thinking, well, gee, am I going to lose my house? So let's pause right there and let's pick it back up with what can be done if you have the Mines of Science Insurance and then, and then what can be done maybe to salvage or, or save the structure, okay? Sure. Uh, Carl Massini is a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. Lauren Fraley is a spokesperson for the DEP. She's also on the line with us. And that's what we're talking about is uh, abandoned mines and mine subsidence, which is uh, an ongoing problem here in western Pennsylvania. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 88.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stand by. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. And we're back for a final few minutes. Our guests this morning are Carl Massini. He's a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania DEP. And Lauren Fraley, she's a spokesperson for the uh, Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. We're talking about mine subsidence and mine subsidence insurance and how you can uh, protect yourself. So there's this thing called mine subsidence insurance. And uh, I got mine a few years ago. And um, I was surprised, and I'll put this question to Lauren, um, how affordable it really was, especially compared to my homeowner's policy. It was a, was a very pleasant surprise. <laughs> Lauren, tell us how the program works. It's a nonprofit program, correct? Yes, the Mine Subsidence Insurance Program, it's administered by DEP, um, and it's run like a nonprofit. So the department's not looking to, to make money on these um, policies. We're really looking to protect homeowners. It's, it's run as a, as a service to homeowners. Um, and the, the premiums that are paid are meant to cover these costs that, that could be incurred at any time. Mm-hmm. So um, the average policy could cost uh, um, around $7 a month for a uh, $160,000 policy. Um, And and it's also important to note that senior citizens are eligible for discounted rates. So often, you know, seniors in our areas, they, they want to stay in their homes, they're on fixed income. Um, this, it's, it's a cost, but it's not, um, it's not cost prohibitive mm-hmm. for you to protect your home. And, and, and as, as I think Carl mentioned earlier in the program, your regular homeowner's insurance that, that you have does not cover mine subsidence in, in, all, in almost no cases does it cover mine subsidence. That's true. Okay. It's, it does not. Uh, it does not cover mine subsidence, uh, and and the policies that are offered by DEP through this uh, insurance program can cost as little as twenty seven cents a day. Okay. It's it, it insures the structure, so that would be your home or, or other structures on your property, um, but but it really can be that affordable. So I'm sure people are wondering though. So I, if I get this insurance, are they going to tear down my house? If if I find out that there's mine subsidence, does that mean 
my house is a goner. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose the, the house. I'm gonna lose the investment. What what happens if there is mine subsidence and they do have the insurance and they call? We the engineer who would come out and determine it's a subsidence issue. We along with the homeowner's input, we work up a method of repair. Most homes can be repaired. Um, what we do is figure out what needs to be done. We're, we're obviously doing a lot of foundation-type repairs, whether it's uh, reconstructing the foundation to get it level. But we could come up with a method to repair the home. We often lift the superstructure up off the foundation, replace or repair the foundation, um, and then address cosmetic issues that typically occur, plaster cracks, windows yeah. out of square, things like that. So uh, we'll, we'll do what it takes up up to the coverage amount that you have to repair homes. Um, it, it, our obligation through the insurance program is to pay you for damages. Some mm-hmm. people decide that, you know, I don't really want to go through the repair process. It's not we that repair the home. We come up with a method of repair. Sure. Have you get estimates? We do estimates, and then we, we issue you a check. Um, if you repair the home, we'll continue the insurance. So most can be repaired. Uh, you want to be sure that you, you carry enough coverage. Typically, replacement cost that is on your homeowners might be a mm-hmm. good gauge, but um, even if you can't afford that amount, I mean, any amount of coverage would be good. Um, like Lauren was talking about, I mean, you could get $100,000 of coverage for $58 per year. So yeah. um, you, you want to go ahead and get it. It also covers appurtenances around the structure, sideways, driveway, um, Sidewalks and driveways, and you yeah, cover like if, a swimming pool or a patio impacted, or something? Those things are also covered. Okay. Uh, so, so you want to have maybe a little bit extra coverage to cover those things. Okay. We have inconvenience or, or incidental costs that we pay figuring that you might have to take work off while we're going through this repair process. So as Lauren indicated, it's a great program, nonprofit. Um, it's been around since the 60s. The rates have actually been going down over the years, which is unusual for insurance. So uh, we, we really encourage people to look into it. Let me throw – I want to throw a little bit of a curveball here in the, in the final few minutes, and, and, and hopefully, it's, um, hopefully the question is relevant. Is there anything that can trigger – uh, 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 one of these old abandoned coal mines to collapse. For instance, if uh, we've had a lot of rain in the area, can, can rain cause it? Can um, We've been talking a lot in this area about uh, the, the hydraulic fracking. We've been talking about uh, uh, there have been earthquakes um, in western Pennsylvania. They're rare, but we, we do get them. I mean, is there any particular triggers? Can construction work if somebody's having construction done on their property? Or, or, or is that really, all these things really irrelevant? No, th- those are all possibilities. Um, you know, we do notice sometimes if we get a lot of wet weather, uh, we, we might have more subsidence issues, as, and, and even when we have dry weather. Okay. Some of these mines are flooded, so they're, they're kind of in a, a certain state, uh, and then we have dry weather and they change or, or vice versa. Um, if there's any type of ground movement, earthquakes, um, you know, people have, have speculated about, about fracking. You could not rule that out. Obviously, if the ground's moving, it, it could trigger a collapse. But Bottom line is with the insurance program, whatever triggers the, the problem, yeah. if it's subsidence-related and you have a policy on that structure, you know we're going to take care of it and, and pay you what it takes to get that home repaired. So it could be any of those causes, or it could be none of those causes. It could just be the age of the mine. That That's correct. You know, okay. obviously these, these mines, if, if they're standing or, or aging, pillars are sloughing off, timbers that might have been set are, are getting old. So, yeah, it, it that, that's another cause that, that obviously exists. Well, I know my timbers are getting old, and I'm certainly uh, not as strong as I used to be. <laughs> Carl, Carl Messini is a mining engineer with the Pennsylvania DEP. Also on the line with us is Lauren Fraley. She's a spokesperson. Lauren, would you mind giving us the uh, website address and the telephone number one more time, please? Okay. 
absolutely. Uh, you're going to want to visit www.pamsi.org. That's PA and the initials for Mind Subsidence Insurance, msi.org. Or you can give us a call, 1-800-922-1678 during normal business hours, Monday through Friday. Okay. And that is important to note. I know a lot of seniors especially may not have the, the Internet. We can look up your, your home. We can give you all that information over the phone just as easily as you can find it online. And you said there is a senior citizen discount for, for Minds of Science Insurance. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Lauren Fraley is a spokesperson for the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. Carl Massini is a mining engineer at the PE, Pennsylvania DEP. Uh, Lauren, Carl, thank you both very much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks so much. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 88.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.